Are you enjoying our podcast? We want to hear your feedback. We are now on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Whichever platform tickles your fancy, give us a like and a rating. Dr. Gina here. Before we get started, I want to give you all a heads up about the quality of the audio in this episode. Katrina and I were recording our guests remotely, and the microphone was, of course, misbehaving. We apologize for that and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Medical Necessity Podcast, where we empower your mind, body, and spirit. This show does not offer medical advice, but it will help steer you through the whitewater rapids of misinformation. And now, your guides, Katrina and Dr. Gina P.T. So, um, Katrina, uh, why don't you want to take it away? Here on Medical Necessity, we want to bring up the topic that many of our listeners have experienced themselves and how we can provide suggestions, resources, and support in handling them. On today's episode, which enlightened me to pick this topic, my friend Drina and her husband Mark will be joining us to talk about their experience with health with healthcare costs and discussing a specific scenario that brought up some charges that they did not understand from an accident that their daughter had. So let's welcome. Trina and Mark. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, welcome. Thank you for having us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really something that we want to do um, is to hear people's real life stories, you know, because um, like we all have to deal with the medical system. And our hope is that we can also provide some in like helpful information or um, education, you know, to um, not only possibly help you guys out, but, you know, help other people who are listening who, you know, have gone through the same thing or, you know, about to go through the same thing. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I really what that uh, made me think of you guys is I remember Gina and I went for a walk like mm, a couple months back and we were just talking about things because I know Drina through um, Gina and my networking group called Evolve. So her and I get together here and there and we went for a walk and we were talking about um, just things that we've been doing in our lives. I told her about our podcast and she was really interested to hear about that. So I told her specifically what we talk about on here and that brought up um, the scenario with her daughter and she was like, oh yeah, like this is a absolutely horrific situation. Couldn't believe it happened. And she went in detail about it. I was like, you know, this is like perfect shock about our podcast. Would you be interested in, you know, interviewing? Because we haven't had any interviews yet. So here we are. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Months later now. <laughs> Trina, Mark, tell us a little about yourself. Who are you guys? And, you know, well, you know me, but for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my name's Trina, and I've been married to Mark for almost 27 years. We met in high school. And <laughs> we have two children. Um, our daughter is almost 22, and our son is almost 19. Um, so, uh, to the core, I'm a mom, and I love it, and I love being a wife. I'm also very passionate about health and wellness, so I try to avoid the doctor. So, it's kind of ironic that we're having this conversation today. Um, but I'm an entrepreneur, like like you mentioned, and I'm um, just really passionate about health and wellness and helping people to um, live their best versions of themselves. So that's a little bit about me. 
And I'm, I'm Mark. Um, I work as a uh, operations manager at a retail distribution center. Um, and then I also, uh, when I'm not working, I like to do outdoor activities such as golfing and hiking. And uh, you know, just love to be outside uh, enjoying, enjoying nature. Gina and I like to golf too. <laughs> yeah, we keep finding these things out about each other. Like, I, I didn't know Katrina was a drummer. I'm taking drum lessons. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, then Katrina's like, oh, I'm out playing golf. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I would love to play golf. Mark, have you golfed this summer yet? I've only been out twice. Oh. So happy how was being one. But yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here again, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, so as we kind of mentioned, the core topic that we're going to talk about here is, you know, your daughter's accident and what happened with that. So and kind of go into detail, the cost that came after that, the scenario at hand. So Drina, uh, would you like to kind of talk to us about that, seeing as you were that frontline mom that was there with her daughter? Yeah, I have to take a deep breath because <laughs> it always takes me back to that night. Um, so of course, uh, we did a call at night. My daughter was skiing all day and got a phone call that she was in a skiing accident. And um, I asked her friend, uh, how is she? And he said, well, she's conscious now. So. Oh, no. Heart gripped. Um, and so I said, okay, I'm on my way. They were taking her to the hospital. So I had a 45-minute drive, which, as you can imagine, was full of all kinds of emotions. Um, and when I got to the hospital, because I didn't know what to expect, I knew she had been unconscious. Um, I knew there was a, a bad cut to her eye or something about problems mm. with the eye. So, of course, your brain goes to, is she going to lose her eye or vision? And so just kind of going through that 45 minutes was more about, for me, having to keep myself calm. And then when I got there, um, I was relieved to see her because she seemed perky. She was making jokes with people, so that was all good. Um, but I obviously was in shock. I really couldn't say much, but just be there. Um, and as I entered the room, you know, the doctor didn't say anything. The nurse didn't say anything. Um, I heard conversations about um, x-rays. Then later I heard conversations about an MRI. So in my mind, I'm standing there looking at her, and I'm so, so thankful that she's alive, that, you know, everything seems to be um, okay. Um, but I also knew, oh, this is going to be big. Mm -hmm. I, I it's going to be a big hit. And I totally felt out of control because of, um, you know, that they'd already done what they wanted to do. I wasn't asked anything. Um, in fact, during that time, they were putting glue under her eye and, uh, she had pain in her wrist and arm, and so the nurse you mentioned um, a bandage or some kind of brace, and I said I had one at home, just not to be cheap. I mean, obviously, my daughter's health was the most important thing to me at the time, but I also knew from past experiences, like, okay, whatever I can help avoid, I will, and take care of at home. So I declined that, and then later she said, well, is it the right arm? And I couldn't recall. She said, well, I'm going to give it to her anyway. Mm. Okay. So 
clearly, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have much say in the matter. And, and honestly, our daughter is of age. She was over 18, so I'm sure they did not feel the need, even though she's on our insurance, to call us or ask any permission or anything. Um, so we went home that night, and it was just about recovery. And then it was the next few weeks that um, we started receiving different various bills at different time periods. So that's that's interesting. So your daughter was of age at the time. Was that that was the case? Well, you know, of age, I guess. Yes, yeah, she's a young eighteen. Adult. Yeah, she, One, she was twenty. Um, you know, okay. My perspective is though she is on our insurance, so I kind of feel like, well, shouldn't there be something said for that too? You know, that we should be part of that. But mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day what happened happened and we were left to just kind of deal with the aftermath, if you will. I was going to say you got contact from her friend, not from the hospital, right? Yeah, that's. Yes. I never received any contact from the hospital. The friend called me um, as they, before they were putting her in the ambulance. He's the one who let me know they're taking her in. Well, I found that so, I find that so surprising. Yeah. I mean, if she was unconscious, I guess they wouldn't be able to get your information from her. But if she was conscious, you think they would have asked, who do you want us to call? Like, And they also could get the information from her friends. Yeah. If they really wanted yeah. to, yeah, that's true. they could have said, does anybody know how to reach her hmm. family? Yeah. So uh, do you, I'm sorry. I think I missed. How long was she unconscious? Well, we're not 100% sure. It was... Uh-huh. Two to three minutes, um, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent sure. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, I'm I'm just following. You know, like what's what's the logic? Okay, someone who, you know, is very likely concussed. You know, how are they going to, um, you know, like sign, you know, sign consent? for treatment. True. Yeah, it's a little mind-boggling to me. Not a fun night. No. No. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, to top it off, Mark was in another state at the time. So I, uh, I, I don't know if you can appreciate me telling telling this part. I was going to say it myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the most, this is one of the emotional parts for me is that I, of course, called him before I left the home let him know what happened and I knew what his response was going to be obviously he loves our daughter too and he doesn't want anything to happen to her but he was upset when I said they took her by squad because he knew oh cha-ching and that they were taking her to the hospital and his brain's going cha-ching um so I literally ended up hanging up on him because yeah, I didn't let her down. <laughs> response. Because in my mind, I was like, that all will deal with that later. I have no control. I don't know how she is. And you're going to come at me with that when I can't even tell. I don't have a choice. They made right. So right. I very much felt like in the middle. And that was not a fun place to be either. So no. I hung up on him because I was about ready to lose my stuff. And I just needed to go and drive to the hospital and be there mm-hmm. myself and process the emotions. Um, and so that's what I did. And we, we're still married. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
goodness. But that's true with the fact that you, that's your first thought that comes to your head. I mean, of course, that's not what you want, but that's what is just been created over the years of healthcare. It's like, this is going to cost me a lot of money, even though I have good health insurance. That's the first thought. And that's just so sad that people have to think about costs over like a loved one. You mm -hmm. want them to get the best exact care you possibly can, but you have to kind of thrift with the you know risk base, risk base, for example, because of the mm -hmm. fact that you're like, you know, this is going to cost you. You don't even know what it will cost. Exactly. You know? Like, how, how's that possible? Why is it okay? And I was processing those emotions in the room saying that because I was like, oh my gosh, I do not want to send a message to my daughter that her health is not the most yeah. important thing to me. But, you know, we do, our perception is reality. So she could get that message if I'm questioning this or that. Mm -hmm. And it's, oh my gosh, the whole thing is just, and like kind of a side note on that is preparing a young adult to understand what their health insurance is. Even though she's on your insurance, she still is of age to make her own decision. How do you prepare them for that? I know as, when I was still my mom's, like she took care of everything for me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but that puts the child in a situation where, you know, and again, it's not your guys' fault. Like it's, it's how do you educate they don't teach that anywhere so how do you educate them like, hey in this situation if you're able to make a decision this is what you should do versus not so like that's a whole other story but yeah so mark you mentioned that uh or you may not have mentioned yet but <laughs> <laughs> i know that you said you're the primary health insurance holder for the family through your work um can you kind of explain to us the medical bills that you received after the fact and like what that kind of looked like like, how was that process for you guys? Well, first off, before we get into the to the costs, when Drina called me, um, you know, and told me what was going on, my first thought was that this was going to cost twenty five hundred dollars. That was my that was my guess. Where'd that number come from? Um, it was just it was what I you know what I had known of the cost of going to the emergency okay. room. It's it's kind of what I expected that it would just, it was a gut feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the first bill that we got um, was a couple weeks after the accident. We got a bill for $450 for the ambulance service. Um, and the ambulance ride was, Marissa said it was, I think, a mile and a half from the ski mm -hmm. to the hospital. Um, so that was $450. I was surprised at the cost of that sure um and then probably i think it was two months after the um the date of service um we got the bill from the hospital and that bill was uh just under fifty two hundred dollars and yikes i couldn't believe, <laughs> believe that it was that expensive um so I called my insurance company to, to get an idea of, uh, you know, to just kind of talk through it and why it was so expensive. Um, and they were nice, but they suggested that I contact the, um, the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted the billing department at the hospital and they, um, she was surprised too, uh, because <laughs> when she pulled the file, um, it said that it was uh, minor injury. And, and she said that she was surprised at the final cost of the minor injury. But I had asked for a, uh, a breakdown of the expenses. 
And so there was a charge for, for the emergency room. Um, there was a charge for, uh, they did a, a CT scan. Um, but what they did was they took three pictures. Mm-hmm. They took a picture of the head. Mm-hmm. They took a picture of the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. And they took a picture of the eye socket. And those were the alleged places where she was potentially injured. Um, and so there was a charge for each one of those pictures. Mm-hmm. So she never went under the MRI machine or it never changed positions. It was charged, the, you know, the breakdown was $1,500 for the image of the head, $1,500 for the image of the neck, and $1,500 for the image of the eye socket. Uh, so then we got a bill from the radiologist, um, and they had a charge for um, for looking at each of those images. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was um, $600. And then... Um, so I thought, okay, all the bills are in. And five <laughs> months later, five months later, in fact, just a few weeks ago, wow, I got a bill for I think it was sixteen hundred dollars. Oh, good lord! For the, for the doctors, for the physicians group, um, and that was for the charge of the uh, the doctor who who saw her and again reviewed the images. Um, Wait, so not the radiologist, but maybe the hospitalist? Yeah, the doctor that saw her at the hospital. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't know what his, um, you know, I know he treated her wound uh, to her eye uh, or underneath her eye. Mm-hmm. But there was also uh, a breakdown of charges for him to review so I think the, the radiologist reviewed uh, the images, but then the doctor also reviewed the images. Um, yeah, because I'm kind of thinking, you know, anything to do with the head or neck, it's like, you know, boom, automatically they're going to want to see what's going on inside. Right. I think, I, I guess I was just surprised by uh, you know, the multiple bills. The other thing, too, that was surprising was that when I got the hospital bill and the, uh, the physician's bill, um, the, the, the due date for the payment was five days from the date <laughs> in which I received the bill. <laughs> five the months bill, later. I got yeah. the bill, like, on Ju- I think it was literally, I got it on July 5th. And it said it was due on July 8th. Wow. So that's the other, um, when I talked to the, to the billing department for the hospital, I asked if there was a, um, I tried to negotiate the, a reduction of the, of, the, of the bill. And I asked, well, if I paid in full, you know, can I get a, a discount? And, and they said, no, that um, the only way I could have gotten a discount on the bill was for uh, either was for either me or Marissa to have asked for a discount within either at the hospital or I think they said within 10 days of the service. So we wouldn't have had the bill yet. <laughs> Somehow within the 10 days, either at the time of service or within 10 days after the service, if we would have paid it, we would have gotten a discount. 
Well, Drina, didn't you know? Yeah. <laughs> I pull myself out of shock for a minute to say, Let's, oh, here's my checkbook. Yeah, let me just take care of this right now. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So, Mark, am I... Um, Katrina mentioned to me, um, is it true you guys never got like an itemized bill from the hospital? The hospital said the, the first bill that they sent was not an itemized bill. It was just a... a like a facility charge? It was a, uh, it just had a bill. It said, pay this. <laughs> at the hospital. Wow. So I did ask for a breakdown. <laughs> Um, and she sent me a breakdown, and that's where they broke down the charges between the um, uh, the three different images from the CT scan, okay, the X-ray of the wrist, um, and then the uh, emergency room charge. So it didn't it didn't provide a detailed itemized breakdown, but it at least it broke it down from you owe us you know fifty one eighty three to you know bigger chunks it, mm -hmm. it broke it down into smaller chunks but not at a detailed level for you know to itemize each uh you know event or service i would think that they have to give you an itemized bill and there's a reason i'm asking about that let me get over because this this episode was also so um, so Katrina came up with the idea by talking with Drina. Well, as um, as part of my um, doctorate program, I remember I had to take a class on the American healthcare system and why it's so expensive. And our professor, Dr. Van Zant, he directed us to, there was this article in Time Magazine, and Katrina can tell you it's about a thousand pages long. Uh, <laughs> not really, but it's, it's really in-depth um, coverage. Yeah, this is, this is from seven years ago. So the article in Time, it, it's called Bitter Pill, Why Medical Bills Are Killing Us. Okay. And the reason I ask about, you know, like the itemized costs for like the emergency room and supplies mm -hmm. is that, um, okay, so this investigative reporter, Stephen Brill, when as he was um, interviewing people and looking at their medical bills, one thing he found out was that some people were being triple charge for things. And here's how it happened. Because there would be, okay, so say you need to go into the operating room. So there's like an operating room fee. And then you will be using supplies. Well, some of these supplies come in kits, like there are these like sterile kits and, you know, you open it up and um, so it's got, you know, let's say like forceps and this and that. Well, some people were being charged for the, okay, for the room, for the kit, and then for the things in the kit, which is just mind boggling. So 
I, yeah, I'd be really curious to see an itemized cost of like the supplies um, that were used. Have you guys already submitted payments to the bill completely or are you still able to get that itemized bill? I'm just curious. We have not paid the bill yet. Um, I'm sure that I could probably ask for a more detailed itemized bill. Um, you know, when I was preparing to try to negotiate a discount, what they did offer was a, a 60 month payment plan, no interest. Um, Swell. <laughs> but, uh, like preparing, you're buying a car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But when I, I guess I didn't pursue an itemized breakdown because I, I did a fair amount of research to, you know, identify, you know, what's the traditional cost for a CT scan of the back of the neck, the head, the eye socket, what's the average emergency room visit cost um, nationwide in Ohio, mm -hmm. researched what it costs, you know, on average for an ambulance right. uh, ride. And, you know, I guess I felt that after the research that I did um, that, you know, I had already requested the itemized bill and I got what I got. Mm -hmm. And so then after I conducted the research on what I was charged for, I was satisfied that um, it probably wasn't worth my time to, mm. to you know, ask for a, uh, an even more itemized breakdown yeah. bill. Yeah. Um, because I want to know how much that brace was. <laughs> I do too. I mean, for real. Because um, I've worked in outpatient. I've worked in home health. I've worked in acute care. Okay. Home health was really interesting because um, it was easier to tell someone in assisted living to uh, go to Walgreens and get an assistive device than to like order one and have insurance pay for it, you know, especially, especially like a cane, you know, it's like, you know, I would, I would ask, well, how do, how do I get this person a cane? And, you know, supervisor would be like, they ain't going to pay for it. Just, just tell them to, to, you know, go to the pharmacy, go to Walmart. So yeah, I'm really curious about that brace. <laughs> Because it's like, is this one of those ones you could just walk into CVS or Walgreens or what have you? And yeah, um, Drina, you were expected to make on-the-spot decisions about, you know, your financial future, you know, right there. And I have to make decisions. <laughs> Anything. The one statement that was made to me by the doctor, one statement was, you're standing right where I need to be. Oh, that was the compassion <laughs> and the bedside manner that we received. So I was not asked any questions or given any you choices. Told move. I was told I was in the wrong. <laughs> I was by my daughter's head, mind you, but I was where she needed to be. So <laughs> I am so sorry, Darina. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you would give that place a five-star review, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh my goodness. Well, okay. In addition, <laughs> in addition, <laughs> your question. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got even more for you um, that hospitals don't, that I learned from this article that hospitals do not discuss, and it's what they base their charges on, okay? So were you guys aware that the hospital has like a, I'm sure it's digital now, but like, you know, essentially it was a big book with all their charges in it called the Charge Master. I've only heard just a little bit Katrine was explaining it to me. Yeah. Please enlighten us more. <laughs> well, according, according to this Time article, um, it's interesting that hospitals and insurance companies, um, when he when this reporter would talk to them about, hey, you know, can can I see your charge master? And they were kind of befuddled about it. The conversation was always, well, how, how is this patient going to pay a bill? You know, not what are these charges based on? Okay. So the, you know, each, each healthcare facility has this list of what things charge. And what Stephen Brill found out is that it ain't based on anything. You know, it's, you know, there's not like, you know, a, you know, a piece of research, you know, this should cost, you know, this much. And furthermore, okay, <laughs> so not only did you not know, there's, you know, this thing called the charge master, which insurance companies use to negotiate their contracted rates, right? So the charge master is always going to be higher, right? Um, so there's that. The charge master is also assumed to be like your starting point for negotiation. I was going to ask you that. Is this like buying a car where you start up, you know, the sticker prices here and then bingo. Mm, wow. Yeah. That, yeah, I think that's the closest thing I could, you know, in my mind, compare it to. Okay. With cars, we understand that. With our health right we don't mm -hmm. Who knows well well here's the thing too um we have the choice on whether to buy a car <laughs> and our health you know we don't have a choice when we need when we need care we need care you know we're pretty much a captive audience you know but i mean that's that's something that's out there and I think with newer newer laws, okay, so you guys have probably heard about facility hospitals and, and such have to publish their prices, right? Or that that's what's supposed to have happened. Well, I was I just went to um, you know, big hospital system in central Ohio. And if I want to... Part of my research was uh, um, looking at the charges mm -hmm. uh, for hospitals. Um, they're, you know, they're listed charges, charges for the various services. So like you went to their website and... Well, I went to their website. Yeah. I, I did a number, I went to a number of different sites, but I went to their website. Mm -hmm. you know, you know the the charges on the on the breakdown of the bill 
they didn't exactly match and the descriptions didn't exactly match. So it didn't make it easy to compare and make sure I got charged correctly. Wow. <laughs> so that made it, you know, like it, there was a lot of hospital type talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the description of the, of the, um, you know, the CT scan that they had done didn't exactly match what the hospital says they charged for that specific. It was hard to to uh, to verify that I was comparing mm-hmm. apples to apples in terms right. of right. And I'm cu- I'm curious, Mark, when you were when you were looking at their website, you know, it's like, hey, we're being transparent. Did they list it by uh, CPT code? You know, by um, procedure code. It was not, I don't recall it being by a specific procedure code, no, and that's what made it hard to hard to compare what I got, you know, the description of what I was charged for against the, you know, the published, uh, you know, published prices by the hospital. Yeah, so but how... No, they did not, I don't believe they had a code, and that's what made it difficult. Yeah, exactly, because um, I know when, so I... <laughs> A lot of reasons I'm out of network with insurance and um, but I'll give my clients a super bill and like say, you know, I do, um, you know, therapeutic exercise, you know, I'm billing CP code, CPT code 97110, you know, and I have to list and that's what the insurance companies reimburse by. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what the hospital's doing unless they've, you know, and I'm also thinking about bundled. They also have um, like bundled reimbursements too, which is going to, which is going to depend on your insurance. Um, Because my, my understanding of it is, you know, an insurance company is saying, okay, you guys are going to have like this many people with, um, you know, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or you're going to have this many people who are having knee replacements, or you see what I'm saying? And so they're like distributing the reimbursements, you know, kind of cutting across that. So then, yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose of really being transparent about it. And I don't see how you could compare apples to apples. When I was, okay, so when I was looking at uh, like major hospital in town, I had to go through all these screens. Okay, allow. Okay, I've got to fill out all this information, which I don't want to give them, you know, they will not give me an estimate unless I give them all my insurance information. And I feel like I'm, you know, like already becoming like a customer of theirs, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. As you mentioned, too, with the healthcare blue book to get prices on things, you have to pay them to give you Really, the specific information because it's you can compare in and out of network prices for your area, and they can be as specific as like ER visits or doctor visits. And you know, that should be for the most part free information out there because right. they're compiling all this information. But they're like, oh, yeah, they get just like 
anything online, they make you fill out all this info, and then at the very end, okay, now you're going to pay this price before you can get what you came on for. Searching, Mark, but if they were like, and you're trying to find these, these cost comparisons, if they ever like charge you or do how to give any of your personal information. That is frustrating. That's kind of the healthcare package that we have is it's encouraging us to, you know, shop around and make good choices. Obviously, in an emergency situation, we didn't have that choice, but right. if I shop at Target, um, it's not going to be. You know, if I want a package of toilet paper, I have choices, and I choose the toilet paper, and I know what price I'm paying for that mm-hmm. toilet paper. It's not like, well, it's going to be between this price and this price. Who knows when you get to the register? Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, uh, like, same hospital website, um, when I went further down, they mentioned the charge master, but they also discourage you from asking for it because they said we're not able to tell you how much it's going to cost unless we know what your insurance is. That's wrong. Because mm-hmm. what if you wanted to pay cash? Say that your insurance was not going to cover anything. Right. And you're like, I just want to pay this right now. Right. But they can't tell you that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm literally going to give you the money that you want. Because let's face it, this is all about the money here. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like you're... Going back to like that night, if I was in the right frame of mind and had been known what I know now, could I have gone to the desk? Could I have said, I want to know, I want to see the charge master. I wanted to know what we're going to build. Like going forward, is that something we have the right to, to do? Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe even mention that, like, I feel like they could print out an itemized bill that day or like at least. You're at the hospital, you're at the front desk, or whatever the case is, you're in front of that person. Can I get like a bill of everything? Because they were doing it, marking it in their system. Like technology is that advanced to the point where everything's in their computer. They have everything for that patient. They should be able to print you a statement of that right then and there. It shouldn't be later on. Because what are they adding on extra things after she leaves the hospital? Like before you leave, it should be like, can I have a bill listing of everything that was charged during my stay here? Well, and also, and then what if they reply that, well, we don't know what is the charges because we haven't run this through insurance yet. Yeah. Is it one of those things where I say, well, I don't care. I want to know what you're submitting to insurance yeah, right now. Exactly. And you should have I'll figure things. out what the end number is going to be. Yeah. That way you don't have to go do your own research and compare. Instead, it's there. It shows the exact charges and then whatever your insurance covers or doesn't cover, then you at least have what was there. I just can't believe like how disorganized they made that. It made it like way more difficult than it needed to be. And that's what saddened me about your story in the first place is, is this the first time too that's ever happened to you guys? Like anything to the point of like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) We don't use medical services very often, but every time that we have, we've had major snafu. Yes. I've got a number of different stories where, and that's the thing. I mean, if they charge, that's the other thing. If they put the wrong code yes. on the procedure, you can't, the, the, the hospitals, they're not allowed to change the code. So the insurance companies, you know, they say, we well, have to have the code changed. So you call the provider and the provider says, well, I can't legally change the code. And then it's like, well, then how can I pay the right price if the mistake was made with yeah, the code, but you can't legally change the code? What that do you do? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 
I've had a, I've had, I've had one story with that where they had the wrong code, and I had to fight to get it changed to the right code. People wonder why we're afraid to go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Situations like this, we're like, no. Yeah. No. That's not how it should be at all. But I mean, at least you've found your route to, you know, preventative medicine. Found a different alternative to keep your guys, your family healthy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't, Mark, I wasn't aware that they couldn't do that because um, I know my experience, especially uh, billing Medicare. Um, so what happened, like what happens like in a PT department, there are certain codes that you can't build together and some codes need like modifiers because you're getting close to your therapy cap and this, that, and the other. And I wasn't, I wasn't aware that, okay, a claim gets denied because this is also coming through a level of like um, hospital management and department manager. Um, So it's like, you know, it's like a game of telephone. And, you know, so me, uh, you know, as someone who is billing and, you know, I have to, if insurance is involved, I have to bill in eight minute increments, okay? Um, you know, plus or minus to, you know, make up a unit, right? Um, it's, you know, I thought they would just change the code and send it back. So it kind of sounds like, no, going, well, for like, you know, you have to put a modifier in front of this code, you know, they, they would resubmit it, but I didn't realize, well, you build you know, say I was, I was telling Katrina, uh, two units of therapeutic exercise, which, you know, sue me, I'm a physical therapist. I'm going to teach people exercise. It may take a little longer than 22 minutes sometimes. Right. Um, you know, they, they won't pay on the, on the second unit, you know, so then you have to craft it so, well, okay, so I'm doing therapeutic exercise, but I'm also, yeah, this is, this is functional, you know, they're going to be able to use this, okay, so I'm going to build this other code, you know, and that's, that's the game that's played, so, yeah, I could totally see, yeah, they put the wrong code in, but I, I didn't know they weren't allowed to change it. Well, and that was, you know, maybe that, that was probably... 20 years ago that that situation occurred. So maybe things have changed with, you know, Obamacare or. Something to add for this um, understanding coding and some medical bills is um, medicalbillingandcoding.org. It kind of goes through and breaks down what what medical coding is and like how to kind of interpret the codes. It kind of talks more too about how to understand the various healthcare costs and things. So it's a pretty good website that people can use. It kind of has a very, very basic level. So like, for example, Mark's case, how you know he had to do kind of some of his own research, how to interpret his bill, which again, outrageous that you even had to do that. Um, and that's kind of what we talk, we make a main point on this podcast is that we want people to be their own advocates for their own healthcare, but at the same time, it's very challenging. So that's why we're here to provide a little bit of insight as best as we can too, because again, we are in the medical field in that aspect, but that maybe this website can kind of provide folks with that get these medical bills of how to understand 
basic level. So we'll make sure that we post the website that we're talking about and the article um, for the for our listeners to. Yeah, in the show notes, definitely. Um, I, I'm curious about something because I know they're out there. Um, did you ever consider hiring a patient advocate? No, I'm not familiar with what that would do. So the advocate is a consultant working on your behalf uh, who is basically, you know, getting them to, you know, they would be the one to go in and look at, you know, each charge and say, you know, nope, that's, you know, how about, how about we cut this in half or, and, you know, Mark, you mentioned the ambulance ride because, you know, um, going back to the bitter pill article about healthcare, um, there was actually a story about someone. It's like, oh, we had, you know, to pay like hundreds of dollars for the ambulance bill. And they were talking about the discounts they got because they were being, because I think this was the person who was being triple charged and also charged, you know, like several dollars for like, and, you know, an ibuprofen or, you know, something like that. And it's like, nope, let's, you know, that's really high for that. So they got the discount on that, but not on the ambulance, which I, which I find interesting. Um, now, now these consultants, I know there's a national agency. Um, I don't think, I don't think you need any type of certification. Um, you can qualify with a bachelor's degree. I mean, I could open up my own, you know, like consulting service. Um, and they're charging around a hundred dollars an hour and saying it's worth, you know, kind of it's worth it if you can get thousands of dollars off your bill. So it's kind of like, eh, you know. Are you talking about the National Patient Advocate Foundation? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, just from a Google search about patient advocates. Mm -hmm. um, because there are also, at hospitals and insurance companies, I know sometimes they will have, like, patient advocates that work for them. Yeah. And I think it's more focused on, hey, let's like set up a payment plan, you know, 60 months, no interest, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, so just just throwing that out there, you know, because I, I know, um, so we know that medical bankruptcies are, have they become, yeah, I think they've become the number one cause of bankruptcies, medical bankruptcies, yeah. Um, so several years ago, uh, my husband developed an autoimmune disorder and he, it was, um, severe enough. He had lost a significant amount of weight. He was weak. He was having trouble eating. So, you know, inpatient he goes and he, he was receiving, they basically had to reboot his immune system. And so, I remember I was there one time when he was getting an infusion and the pharmacist himself like brought up, it looked like this old timey glass bottle of this, um, of this mixture. It, it was from plasma products. And, 
And I swear, I, you know, I think the price of that was around 20 grand. And he got either three or five of those. Plus he was getting a drip of something else. So it was kind of like, you know, it was there in the back of my mind that, you know, hey, I didn't want my husband to die, you know, because he would have without treatment. But it's like, you know what, we may be on a really bad path right now, right? Um, as luck would have it, he, he had a condition uh, or has a condition called dermatomyositis, um, attacking your muscles, attacking your skin. The of all foundations, the Muscular Dystrophy Association paid our copay. Wow! It's like we had no idea. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, as far as takeaway, it sounds like you know, asking. Yeah, because you're in, you're in. It's like you're either sick or you're caring for someone who's sick and you're in this vulnerable position and, you know, somehow finding it within yourself to say, hey, I want to talk to you guys and I want, I want a list of what everything, you know, is being charged to my insurance company. Um, and also... So it's like they're counting on you, and this was also in the article, they're counting on you not knowing to do that, you know, and, you know, and it's like not having the energy to do that, you know, and also not being aware of the charge master and just kind of pretending that it's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and if anything like standing up for yourself in this situation because I mean overall this is my big thing I'm taking away right now is that there's a lot to get changed and yes we have the right to vote and that will probably be our limit at which we can help change this but from there what can we do as individuals to do better for ourselves and you know, I like the point of Drina saying that I'm going to start taking my own approach to my own health care by, you know, she finds relief in her essential oils, maybe finding alternative ways to take care of certain health issues that you don't need to go to the doctor for. But when it comes to emergencies, putting your foot down and being like, you know, I need to get what I need to get after learning from these situations, although they're very unfortunate and costly, now moving forward at least you guys have the knowledge to, even before meeting with us today, but having the knowledge to be like, okay, if this is the research I'm going to do, I'm going to figure this out for myself, and hopefully to, I don't know, like, use my voice. Yeah, use the voice. Yeah, because, I mean, that's really the only option at this point, aside from maybe if you do find that you can find an advocate to do that for you, you know, because I'm sure Mark, you would have liked oh, to I'm sure. pass that off to someone else. Well, yeah. Job. I'm sure Mark would have been like, that's going to come so yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, even being, you know, it's like, Mark, you were an informed, you know, consumer. And I hate that we have to say consumer in the air arena of healthcare, but it's like, well, you know, you did your due diligence, you know? With the popularity of, of healthcare spending accounts over the, you know, past 10 years or so, you know, it's more of a consumerism. Mm -hmm. uh, Type environment in the medical industry, but 
you know, even, you know, when I have, you know, stood up and, and been bold and asked how much stuff costs, um, you know, a lot of times I've had the doctor respond and say, well, you know, they allude to the fact of what does it matter? It's your health. It shouldn't matter what it costs. Um, and so that makes that makes the environment. I mean, a lot of times people aren't going to be direct and ask how much something mm-hmm. costs because they mm-hmm. may be embarrassed to ask that type of question. I mean, I will be honest. I am reluctant to ask because it's somewhat embarrassing. Um, but when they react, when they respond that in that manner, it certainly is not going to encourage people to ask. And a lot of times, like you said, you know, we talked about before, they don't know because. It depends on the arrangement they've made with the insurance company that you have. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know, you know, it costs different prices to different people. Another simple thing, too, that I was going to say even before Mark mentioned it today is just double checking your paperwork. Like, oh, is my address right? Is my phone number? Is this person's name right? As you found, is the hospital that's charging me on here right? Like, do you have access to be able to view your statements and things? double check all that information because then too, yeah, what if you miss the bill and then they charge you and then, oh, this is happening. So even something as simple as making sure that they have all your information correct um, is a good point to take away too. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I'm looking for something in this article because there's also, there's a free website out there too, the organization ProPublica. And they're... This is one of their projects, and the the website is called Dollars for Docs, How Industry Dollars Reached Your Doctors. And just, you know, even if you do it just for giggles, they, they have a search bar, has your doctor received drug or device company money? Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up my physician, and God love him, he only received like three. 53 bucks last year. <laughs> but, you know, when you talk about um, like medical equipment, medical devices, you can see if, um, if the surgeons are receiving, you know, like money from the equipment companies. So I can, I can put the link in the, uh, in the show notes for that too, as well. Good way to ethically check your doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do I want to go to this person again or in the first place? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, More any. Yeah. I definitely shared a lot and we really, really appreciate it. Like, intense stuff. I like it. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't like it, but I like it. No, okay, back to the surface again. Um, no, I, I think we learned a lot from this experience. I mean, you mentioned earlier, Katrina, about, and Dr. Gina, like, how do you teach your kids? Well, our daughter was there through this, and she now knows why we approach healthcare the way that we do, mm-hmm. why we ask before we go, why we try things at home first. She knows now yeah. because she was floored by this and infuriated herself. Mm-hmm. So, not that I want people to go through it to teach their kids, but <laughs> yeah, was like, right. It was a learning experience. Again, at the end of the day, we are we recognize how fortunate we are that she is okay. Um, and I do know they made some calls based on the you know what they needed to do to make sure she was okay. And I'm okay with that. Um, but it would have been nice to be asked some things. It would have been nice 
to, you know, know what we've charged ahead of time, to receive bills in a timely manner, not wait five months and then expect payment in five days, um, that type of thing. So mm -hmm. learned a lot. Definitely. Yeah. How about you, Mark? Any, uh, any um, closing thoughts or... <laughs> There's a lot. I see the gears turning. <laughs> um, no, I think it's just, you know, it, I think certainly if you have the, you know, the ability to research, you know, if you're, if it's not an emergency, it's definitely beneficial to, to try to, um, you know, identify how much a medical service is going to cost before, before you have the service completed. Um, you know, emergencies are, are difficult um, mm -hmm. situations. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, medical care is expensive. <laughs> final ending. That. That's a good ending. Yeah, final. I like to say the obvious. <laughs> All right. Well, I really appreciate having you guys on the show. Yeah, thanks for what you guys are doing and how you're educating people and bringing awareness. I think that's the first step is bringing the awareness because now some of your listeners will be like, oh, wait a second. You mean I can question this? Or mm -hmm. it's really good that you guys are doing this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Anything else, Katrina? I think that's it. I just want to thank our listeners too um, for keeping in with us. And then we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we love to hear comments. And yes, love to hear, love to hear your stories, your questions, your comments. Uh, and we're every place that that you get your podcast from. Are you enjoying our podcast? We want to hear your feedback. We are now on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Whichever platform tickles your fancy, give us a like and a rating. This has been Medical Necessity with Katrina. And Dr. Gina. And we want you to remember, if you find yourself in the flood of medical information, keep paddling, stay off the rocks, and thank you for joining us on the ride.